0: Chad. All right, are we ready to move into more seasons of testing this morning? All right, sounds like we're ready. (laughs) Tests are hard, aren't they? I mean, really, in life, when we walk through those seasons of difficulty, um, tests are very difficult. They're very hard to understand when we ask the wrong questions, like why, and all of those kind of things. Uh, really tough. I I saw something on Facebook just this week that kind of reminded me of our series, and it said, why does it seem like God is the most quiet during our greatest tests? And then it said, aren't teachers supposed to be quiet during the test? Man, you know, as we walk through our seasons of testing, we have two more that we're going to be covering this Sunday and next Sunday. But this morning as we look uh, into our seasons of testing, uh, we have been through the pit test which developed humility. We've been through the palace test that developed stewardship. We've been through the prison test to develop perseverance. And today we are going to look at the power test. Now this morning's test is unlike all of the other tests that we have looked at so far uh, in our series Uh, Up until this point, all of the tests that we have looked at deal with how our character is forged during hard times. But the power test is very different. It is the test on how do you respond when something good happens in your life? How do you respond when you have been blessed or you have been placed in a position of influence or authority? In this region, how many would say that they believe that we have been blessed in this region? Yeah, huge amount of hands up this morning. You know, do you think that possibly that was by accident or coincidence that something like that happened? You know, I really don't think so. I really feel as though God has placed this region in a special place, in a special season to accomplish great things for God. But we don't realize it, but blessing... Can be just as much or just as difficult a test as hard times. That blessing can truly be a test because with blessing comes responsibility, and with responsibility, responsibility always requires character. It requires character. Our whole series really has been about the development of our character through testing and through difficult times in our lives. When we think about it, Psalm 105, verse 16 in the New Living Translation, it's our theme verse for the series. It says this Until the time came to fulfill Joseph's dreams, or fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. He tested his character. We've been studying the life of Joseph through this series, and at this point, Joseph is finishing up the prison test. He's just finishing it up. He has been there for 10 long years. He sees this glimmer of hope when he interprets two dreams for men in the prison. And he tells the cupbearer, one of the men, he says to the cupbearer, you're going to be set free. You're going to be reinstituted to your foreign position. He says, the baker, I'm sorry, but you're going to die under the king's hand. And so he interprets these dreams correctly. And as the cupbearer is heading back to the king, he calls out to him and says, remember me here. Remember me, I'm in here. And the cupbearer forgets about him. And he waits for two more years until this moment in Genesis 41 verse 10. Why don't you take your Bibles today and we'll turn to Genesis 41 verse 10 today. We're going to read a large portion of scripture this morning. So if you want to follow along. We're going to see as Joseph moves from the prison test to the power test. Genesis 41, verse 10, the cupbearer is speaking to Pharaoh here. He said, some time ago, we were, uh, you were angry with the chief baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard, verse 11. One night, the chief baker and I each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man who was in the prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant. And everything happened just as he predicted. I was restored to my position as cupbearer, and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. After he was shaved and changed clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night and no one could tell me what it means, but I have heard that you hear about a dream and you can interpret it. Listen to Joseph's reply here. He says, it's beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. So Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. He said, In my dream I was standing on the bank of the Nile River and I saw seven fat and healthy cows come up out of the river beginning to graze on the marsh marsh grass. And then I saw seven sickly cows, scrawny and thin, coming up after them. I'd never seen such sorry-looking animals in all the land of Egypt. These thin, scrawny cows ate the seven fat cows. But afterwards, you wouldn't have known it. They were still as thin and scrawny as before. Then I woke up. Then I fell asleep again and had another dream. This time I saw seven heads of grain, full and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were blighted, shriveled, and withered by the east wind. And shriveled heads swallowed the seven healthy heads. I told these dreams to the magicians, but no one can tell me what they mean. Joseph responded, both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The seven healthy cows and the seven healthy heads of grain both represent seven years of prosperity. The seven thin scrawny cows came up later and the seven thin heads of grain withered by the east wind represent seven years of famine. This will happen just as I've described it for God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout the land of Egypt. But afterwards, there will be seven years of famine, so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of the good years will be erased. As for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God, and He will soon make them happen. Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all of the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all of the food produced in good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away and guard it so that there will be food in the cities. That way, there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come on the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, and listen to this question he asked them, Can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is intelligent or as wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all of my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Skip down to verse 47 in your Bibles. It says, as predicted for seven years, this is what happens. As predicted for seven years, the land produced bumper crops. During those years, Joseph gathered all of the crops grown in Egypt and stored the grain from the surrounding fields in the cities. He piled up huge amounts of grain like sand on the seashore. He stopped keeping records because there was too much to measure. Skip down to verse 53. It says, at the last, the, at the last seven years of bumper crops throughout the land of Egypt came to an end. Then the seven years of famine began just as Joseph had predicted. The famine also struck all the surrounding countries but throughout Egypt there was plenty of food. Eventually however the famine spread throughout the land of Egypt as well and when the people cried out to Pharaoh for food they told, he told them go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you to. So With severe famine everywhere, Joseph opened up the storehouses and distributed grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout the land of Egypt. So Joseph walks through a pit test, to a palace test of stewardship, to a prison test that lasts 12 years, and instantaneously is shifted to the power test where he oversees, he's second in command of the entire country, and he oversees the bringing in of grain uh, for, in the time of plenty, and then he is actually given the job of distributing the grain in time of famine. So let's look at some of the principles here in the power test. Number one, this is the first principle that I want us to catch this morning. The first one is this, is the power test can happen very rapidly in a person's life. The power test can happen very rapidly in a person's life. Joseph didn't know when the prison season was going to end or if it was ever going to end. He wasn't sure. He didn't know. He had no real idea that's one thing about the power test. The power test can instantly happen. One moment you could be going through your regular, normal, everyday life, and then all of a sudden, instantly, bang, you're in the power test. It happens. You get the right phone call, the right person, the right situation, the right circumstance. All of these things begin to line up, and boom, it happens. You're in a place of influence. You know what, you might work very hard for 10 or 15 or 20 years, and at just the right time, everything in your life could change overnight. I know that there are people in this room that have experienced this power test. I've watched people's lives as they've changed in an instant not just monetarily, but because of job change or moving from one, one uh, place in the country to another and watching uh, God just completely change everything. Think about this, guys. One day, one night, Joseph went to sleep on a hard bed on a pl- prison floor. The next day, he was sleeping in the palace the following night. Oh, isn't that a shift? That's pretty rapid, isn't it? So we can see that the power test can happen very rapidly. It's also very interesting to note that the power test lasted longer than the prison test. I know that we complain about how long the prison test lasts and how terrible it is. and uh, I love how people are like, oh, I'm in the prison. I've been here for years and all of these kind of things. But listen, many times the power test lasts just as long where God places you in a place of influence or authority in other people's lives. And will you use that correctly in the time frame that God has given you to use it. So for seven years, Joseph carefully followed the instructions of the dream. Listen guys, it's very easy when God has given you influence or he has given you um, wealth or he has given you something that it's very easy to slack off in being faithful to God in all of these things. But what would have happened if Joseph in year three went... We don't have to count the grain anymore. There's so much. We're never going to need this much. It's no big deal. You know what? Just tell the people to just keep it. It's no big deal. But he was faithful through the last day of the seventh year. And when they went to plant the seed that seventh year, the, the following year, when they planted it into the ground, there was such a dev- severe drought or famine. The Bible doesn't tell us to explain what it is, but there were no crops that year. And then the following year, there were no crops. And then the following year, there were no crops. And to the point where people who had stored up great amounts of wealth over seven years had dwindled down to absolutely nothing. And they were beating on the city door saying, please, would you feed me? I'm starving to death. This was an incredible opportunity. But it posed a great responsibility The purpose of Joseph's power was to save others. That was the purpose of his power. It ultimately was to save others. If Joseph handled the power wrong, he would have never fulfilled the destiny that God had for his life. If he took the power and wielded it for himself or or something like that. You see, guys, the power test is really about influence. And everyone in this room, everyone in this room in some way has influence in someone else's life. But God can raise that level of influence rapidly. And the character that was built in the pit and the character that was built in the palace and the character that was built in the prison are all needed and vital in order to pass the power test all of those things. Another principle that we see about the power test is that Joseph was anointed for a purpose. He was anointed for a purpose. When I say anointed, I mean that Joseph had the tangible presence of God resting upon his life. Tangible. People could see the presence of God on him. It wasn't the fact that his life was perfect, that Joseph was like, oh man, I had such an easy life and it got me to this place second in command in in the country. It wasn't about that because he spent 12 years in prison. This was a difficult thing. But we notice that God was with Joseph and many people noticed that he had a physical anointing upon his life. In fact, it says in verse 38, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? so obviously filled. Guys, my heart's desire is that as people from this church, as Christians in this community, regardless of what church they go to, what denomination, I pray that in the darkness of this region that we would be the light, that people would look at our lives and say, there is someone so filled with the Spirit of God. That would be the response that we want to see. That you would carry such an anointing in your workplace, in the people that you talk with, in the people that you rub shoulders with, that people would see not just the fact that you live your life differently, but they would see that there is something supernatural about your life. That you carry the presence of Almighty God with you every moment of every day. Guys, in this, la- in the last days, in the last moments as this earth spins, God desperately needs Christians who will no longer be light switch Christians, that they'll flip it on and say, I'm going to serve God today. It's Sunday. Click. Let's go to church. Let's be who we are. Listen, we desperately need, as the world is careening towards hell, God desperately needs Christians who will be so filled with the Spirit of God in every moment of every day, every moment, that God would use us to see change in our region, to see people's lives touched and influenced with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Guys, Joseph was anointed for a purpose. He didn't just carry around an anointing because it was fun or because, hey, this is great. He carried it for a purpose. If you see that you are having influence, that you are carrying an anointing in your life, if you see that, it's not there just to bless you and get the warm fuzzies and hallelujah. It's about impacting people's lives. That's what it's about. About carrying the anointing and touching people's lives. Guys, God wants to use you in special ways to influence people's lives. Stay close to him. Allow the doors of influence, of friendship, to be opened all around you. If God opens the door in someone's life, speak to them in that moment. Use the opportunity for his glory. Just like Joseph was anointed for a purpose, God has placed you in the positions that you are in right now for a specific purpose. It is not an accident or a chance. What will you do tomorrow when your alarm clock rings a little bit too early because it's daylight savings time? Where will you go? I want to think about that right now. Where are you going tomorrow morning when your alarm clock goes? You got it? Everybody got it? Shake your head if you got it. If you don't, you need help, okay? (laughs) You know where you're going tomorrow morning. Do you realize that where you are going tomorrow, and what you are doing tomorrow, that God in his sovereignty said, I need someone to go to that place tomorrow, and I chose you. He didn't choose the person next to you. He didn't choose the person ahead of you in in, in the row ahead of you. He didn't choose someone else. The influence and the impact that you will have around you, you are chosen. You were hand-selected. Some of you say, why am I here? What am I doing? You question that all the time. Yet when your alarm clock rings, I want you to understand you have a destiny to fulfill each day. That God is desperately wanting you to fulfill you are anointed for a purpose in your life. Which leads to our next principle. Joseph took his power seriously. Even though the task took a long time, Joseph took this opportunity very seriously. We see that for years he stored up grain, even to the point where you could no longer count it. But he knew that the famine was coming. The reason he had influence in the time of plenty was very important to the future of others. Do you understand that the influence that God gives you is very important to the future of others? The influence that you have is very important to the future of others. You see, if you don't make those relationships, if you aren't faithful to the people that God places in your path, what is going to happen to their future? I don't know. But I do know this, that God wanted you to cross paths with those people. And he wanted you to carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life so that you could affect their life in a special way. Will you be faithful to that calling that God has on each person's life here? Whether you're an employer, a parent, a close friend, a leader, you must take very seriously the influence that God has given you to impact other people. There are many people in this room that would go about your normal day or your normal life thinking very little about influence. I know people in this room that have incredible influence. Incredible influence in this community, in their workplaces, with their neighbors. I encourage each person that has any ounce of influence in anyone else's life to use it to the greatest capacity that you possibly can. Take it very seriously, and this is why the last portion of Joseph's life here, or the last portion of his power test, Joseph was given power for one reason and one reason only. It was to help others. That was why he was given the anointing. It was to help others. You and Joseph are very much the same. You have both been given influence and power for one reason— and that is to help others. Joseph had power first because it was given to him, but later he had power because he had something that no one else had. There will be times in life when God gives you the influence in others' lives, and you'll be able to help them in situations that seem impossible. Listen, guys, I believe that God is going to place you in positions that people are going to look at your life and they are going to say, there is something that that person has that I desperately need. That you will cross paths with people and when when somehow their lives feel like they're falling apart or different things like that, that God is going to quicken their heart, that the Holy Spirit is going to touch them in a special way, and you are going to intersect their lives. Maybe you've been intersecting it for 20 years, maybe for 20 minutes, but in that moment, God is going to touch their heart and they're going to say, there is something that that person has that I desperately need. Joseph was given power to help others. God has empowered you to help others, to teach others, to show compassion on others, to bless others, to share Christ with others. If you're in the power test right now, God wants you to bless people to the greatest capacity that you possibly can. Guys, power is not about lording it over other people, but how can I use my power to build up people around me and to help those that are in desperate need. So Joseph, his correct use of power saves everyone around him. Could you use your power that God has given you, your influence, to touch someone's life for eternity? Could you have the opportunity each and every day to speak into someone's life that they could accept Jesus Christ and make the most life-transforming decision that they will ever make. Could you be that person that God uses? Guys, I'm not talking about being preachy or being a Bible thumper or anything like that. What I am asking you to do is to use your influence to introduce people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ, to simply walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit every single day. That's all I'm asking. That's all we need to do. For so long, guys, we've got this thing where we, we say we, we create these programs and we make p- heap guilt on people because they're not sharing Christ with other people. Listen, all I'm asking you to do is to consider it good news and when God opens the door, speak. Amen. That's all we need to do. And, and we just need to carry the anointing of God upon our lives in such a way that, that God gives us favor and influence to, to speak into other people's lives. So, guys, there's an incredible quote that I want us to grab. In fact, I, I put it on the screen because it, it, it's so, it so ties in so well. It is from uh, the book Dreams to Destinies by Robert Morris, and it is this It says, That is what influence is for. That is what power is for. God gives us the power and influence because He loves people desperately. He wants us to use His power to reach them with His love. Power is not a bad thing. It is a good thing. It comes from God. It comes for the purpose of helping others. You may not even know how much influence you might have, but you do have influence. God is watching to see if you handle your power wisely, to see if you will use it to do His work. He is watching to see if you will use your influence and authority to share His love with a lost and dying world. That is the power test. Will you pass it? Will you pass it? So here's the question today. Are you passing the power test? The influence that you have in people's lives, whatever that may be. Guys, this morning I really struggled with how to close our service today, but this is what I really felt strongly about. And Rachel, why don't you come at this time? Guys, Joseph obviously carried something that was very special and very powerful. And you know what? I'm not going to plead with you or, or whip you up into an emotional frenzy this morning or anything like that. But what I want to do this morning is something just, just uh, I just feel that we need to do this today that if you are here this morning and you are in a place of influence or God has blessed you in a place of leadership, and I'm not talking about that you're the boss of the company or anything like that, but you know what? You just might be a manager. You might be a teacher. You might be um, a a mom or something like that. And this morning that you would say that God is speaking to your heart in such a way that you would say, I am desperately want to carry a heavy anointing of the Holy Spirit upon my life to influence as many people as I possibly can. And this morning, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to leave your seats this morning. I'd like you to come down and stretch across the front of this altar, and we're going to pray together that God would give and lay such an anointing upon your life that you would have an incredible influence that people's lives would be touched and changed forever. If you're comfortable with doing that, why don't you get up from your seat right now in this moment, and let's just stretch across, man, already a lot of people moving. Just stretch across the front area here. Could I have Thad and Terry and Chad join me on the platform? You guys know who you are. Just come, you can either kneel down or stand up, whatever you'd like. Just close your eyes in this moment, man. Flooding. Okay, push in all the way, all the way. Hallelujah. Keep coming, keep coming in. Keep coming in, man. Thank you, Jesus. Terry, come on up. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we have our board come too? Could the board join me on the platform here? Just a moment, right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What we're going to do right now, guys, is I just believe in... in as Rachel just plays, just be quiet. We're going to spread out and we're going to begin to lay hands on you as the as the leadership here at the church. We're going to believe right now. We're going to pray that God would rest a Joseph anointing upon your life, that God would give you favor and blessing beyond what you could ever imagine or even ask for, that when people see the light in your life, that it would be so influential. It would impact their lives in an incredible, incredible way. Guys, I never even even dreamed that there would be this kind of response today. I never even dreamed. I just sat there and said, maybe, maybe there'll be 20, 25 people that say, listen guys, you guys are serious about God using your life in a powerful way. And we just want to stretch across this whole congregation this morning. So guys, if you want to just go, just, just lay a hand on them and begin to pray uh, for them and, and begin to run through the, the congregation. I'm going to run right across the front here, Pastor Chad, and we'll go from there. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
1: Oh, my people, as Joseph honored me in a foreign land, I feel your feelings. I see your hurts as you are away from a place that you call home. But I say to you, that if you will honor me first and foremost in your lives that your dreams will come true that the favor will come to you and that you will fulfill what I have called you here for to bring forth a deliverance of a people that do not know you but that You will prosper them in the kingdom of God.
0: Thank You. Thank You, Lord. Amen. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. just want to make sure everyone was ministered to this morning. If you didn't get ministry, you just want to wave at me. I'd love to pray for you. Thanks. Anyone else? Yeah, right back here. If someone could go minister to Christy there. Thad, Christy. And then in just a moment, I'd just like to close in prayer, guys. So if you are done with the Lord for this moment, you can just take your seat. Would you stand to your feet in this moment? Let's just close our eyes today. You know, and if God's if God's not done in your life this morning, let's not rush away. Let's not worry. Uh, we can. We, people can visit in the foyer area if you want to stay and just pray and spend time with God and allow Him to continue to pour into your life. Uh, just go ahead and do that. But I just want to pray just a, just a special prayer over each person here this morning. Father, we just come before you right now, Lord Jesus. God, and our hearts are open to the things, Lord, that you would want to accomplish in this region through our lives. And Father, I'm asking, Lord Jesus, that each person in this room, God, would carry a special portion of your anointing, God, for where they're at and for where you have placed them. Father, I'm praying in this moment, Lord Jesus, that, God, you would give them words to speak and actions to live, Lord Jesus, to influence and impact each person around them. That God, they truly would be the salt and light of this community, the salt and light of this region, God. And Father, as we go from this place, Lord, we're asking God that we would carry with us the anointing of the presence of God. That people would look at our lives and say, there is a man, there is a woman that carries the Spirit of God with them. God, we just pray this morning, Lord, that you would rest upon our hearts Rest upon our our entire being, Lord, that as we come in contact with others, Father, that we could influence and impact them in a special and supernatural way. Give us the words to speak, I pray, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You may be dismissed this morning. I encourage you, just be quiet this morning as you're leaving, as there are more people at the altar here continuing to pray. Lord, bless you guys.